Our is I, I know it was a shock. Uh, I think everybody's kind of looked at, the, heard about the news today. Shocking, but I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't. You know, it really shouldn't come as too much of a surprise to me. And let me just say that you know the Bible talks about that we don't war against flesh and blood, but we just talk about principalities and powers and high places. And, you know, the Bible talks of, throughout, especially the Old Testament, it talks about God judges, when you read in there, God judges nations. Okay? Nations of people. And I've always said it, and I believe very strongly, that, you know, you can have... You know, you can have a good leader here, a good leader there, somewhere along the line that kind of helps. And But when you have leaders, okay, that, wow, leaders that are literally, they are not just living, and pardon me, but it's the way it is, they are living in homosexuality. All right, they're living it, but they just don't live. They promote it openly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they run, they run to be elected in office in, in those terms. And then and then they, they also they promote. They aggressively promote Come on. the taking of Babies while they were still unborn. You you cannot and, until I'm, I'm convinced until we can somehow change those two very perverted legal things according to man. Unless you can stop those two things in their tracks, I don't know. Because you cannot, you cannot openly flaunt those two sins in the face of God and, and think that it goes without Him taking notice. Personal opinion. Yes. Just saying. You, you can't do that. You cannot make those laws legal and then promote it and. Well, we could get sidetracked here, but what's the new health education law that's coming in our state? What's it? Yeah. What's what's it called, Brian? The the new sex education health. What what's the name of that? It's got a twelve or something. But the things that they are including in that are enough to make you just go crazy. No, you, you you know, you can you know you can do good things, and you know you can have people recover from you know give up alcohol and give up drugs and all those kinds of things. But you cannot openly, not just condone it, but teach that lifestyle and think that it goes unnoticed. It, it can't can't do it. so. That's what we're battling. And, and a, a large percentage of people, they, they don't see that it is a war 
between good and evil. They can't see the big picture that that, that lifestyle, those things that they promote, all that does is bring chaos, confusion, and yes. death. Yes. 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 And you can't you can't promote that. It just doesn't doesn't work. Doesn't work. And it would be easy to get off course. Really would. But we're going to try to stay on course. And so we're going to call your attention to Mark chapter number 3 and verse number 13 and then Philippians uh, 3.14. Here we go. And he goeth up into a mountain and calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. And I'm sorry, Cliff, uh, 14. Yeah, okay. Uh, I need verse 14 of, of Mark. Mark 3, 13, and also 14. That's Philippians. We'll read that, okay? There we go. Thank you. And so he calls them up to the mountain. He ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and... There's still another part of that. He's not through there. Anyway, all right. There we go. And to have power. To heal sickness, cast out devils. Now Philippians. Here we go. Paul writing says, I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And we're just going to put a little title on this saying, Your High Calling. All right. Let's have lunch. I used to didn't think that was a real picture. But that that's the way that's the way they did things back then. That's the way they built this country. That is the risks that men took to build the country and work and work and work. Yeah. Now that's, that's for real. That is just nonsense. I mean, you wouldn't think of that, and I forget how high they are, but they're way up there. Trust me. It's higher than a 12-foot ladder. <laughs> And look, you gotta love it back in those days. You notice that they always wore, they always wore hats. I know. Right? Cool hats. Not just, you know. Yeah, and even the what do they call them? The business kind of hats. That's just the way they did things. Pretty cool. All right, anyway, so let's let's get into it here. Um it, if there was ever a time we need to keep our focus, Amen. it's today. I, we have a high calling. We have a high calling. And John 15 and 16, Jesus said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Now, how many of you believe that? 
Now, you, you need to think about that for a moment. Brother Sam, do you really believe that? Well, it's there. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. Out of 7 billion people, I chose you. I'd say, you know, first of all, I'd say, well, I think you chose the wrong guy here, right? But, but John Roddy, he said, Jesus said, you, you didn't choose me. I chose you, and he says, and I ordained you. You are not just another number, okay, that the government sends you a $600 whatever, they it's supposed to stimulate you, I guess, right? Yeah, 2000 now. Is it up? Did they pass it? Mike and said he's going to give us 2000 Well, that might stimulate me a little bit. <laughs> but not everybody gets it. Okay, but, but that, that really is important. If we really believe that, because the Bible says that you, that God draws you, okay? He He allows different things to occur in your life, but He is the one. The Spirit of God is what draws you to Him. You don't go out now. I kind of it was a drawing power of God, but I I went looking for Him, okay? In a, in, in a sense, but. It was a, it's the Spirit of God that draws you. Amen. Right. You did not pick. He picked you. And when He chose you, He did not choose you just to be an ordinary, normal kind of a person. He didn't. Do, that's not it. We are... Listen. We are in this world. But we if you keep thinking or if you still have this the mindset that you are a that you are of this world, you're not reading the book right. Yeah, right, right. We are just with the Bible says that and Hebrews have to do it. They passed through this land looking for the city. They never found it, but they didn't stop looking. I, I am convinced there is a place that He is preparing, folks. There are no riots in the streets. God did not create us. He did not choose it. He did not build it. Adam and Eve, they have wars and contentions. That's not what we are about. He's building a place where there's no war, there's no sickness, there is no COVID, there's not even any darkness. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta get. This is not our world. If all you want is a, is a that somebody was talking earlier and they said, "Man, I want to go to Vegas to see the, the buildings." Right? That's cool, right? But listen, 
Man can never make what God can make. Amen. And if he... How many of you like outside? You know, trees and rivers and all the cool stuff, right? Can you imagine what he is preparing? He chose you to live with him. But in this life, he's called us to a high calling, all right? And if there was ever a day that we have got to remain focused on why we are here, it is today. And it's hard not to get caught up in, you know, in the political thing that's going on because it is very concerning. But that's not my deal. Notice, <clears throat> notice the, the, in, in Mark here. Okay? No way. Notice, he called them up to where he was. He didn't come down to their level. He called them up to where he was. When Mary came running, Mary and Martha, when they came running out of the house when Lazarus was dead, they came to where he was. And this, that scripture right there is always just, it has just got me because we are called to a higher place, folks. Our minds are not to be corrupted with just thinking on the things of the world. Our minds were by design. Our God attracted. And He he calls us up to where He is at. He he is not going to come down to your level. Not in your walk with God. It's always going to be a climb. He's... He says, I want you, but you got to come up to where I am. You got to remember, the devil crawls on the ground. He is at ground level. (laughs) It's true. He never gets out of the dirt. And so, you, you know, just to start out with this thing, you just got to take a couple of steps in your head of him. And it, listen, it takes an effort. It's an effort to continue to build. Now, he called them up to where he was. And it's an, those, those, you know, those 12, they could say, well, you know, I don't really want to climb up there where you are. I think I'll stay okay. Fine. But it's always going to take an effort on our part, okay? So the first and foremost, he called them. He says, he called them up, first and foremost he called them, that they should be with him. That is your and my primary, primary, primary priority in life, is to be with him, to build my relationship with God on earth. There is no higher calling. You cannot get another... You, you won't be able to attain anything higher in this life than to build your relationship with Him. It is your high calling. It's the first and foremost. Amen. 
Nothing will ever take that place. Your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your husband, your relationship with your children, it will never suffice. I know it's hard to say. You've got some, you know, still, we'll call them still newlyweds. They haven't been married a year yet, so we'll call them. Your love for your partner in life will never suffice. You, no matter how much love and, and comfort you find in them, it'll never take the place of your relationship with God because it, you are a spiritual being. You're spiritual, Brother Kelly. We are a spiritual being housed in flesh. This is a temporary residence. But your soul craves that spiritual connection. And the only way it comes to it. That's your high calling. First and foremost, to be with He said to be with Him. That's first and foremost. Amen. <clears throat> the writer goes on to say, what shall separate us? And he brings out some pretty pointed things. He says, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Okay? A relationship with God. What, what are some of the things he names? Persecution. Tribulation. Famine. Nakedness. Perils. Things seen, things unseen, angels. He gives us quite a list. Paul says nothing. He says nothing. How many of you believe that Paul that when Paul got his call, <laughs> he knew it was a high calling? Read about him. There was nothing else that mattered after that. He, nothing, nothing else. We need to have the spirit of Ruth. Her Naomi taken off. Ruth wasn't even a part of the, the plan initially. But she told Naomi, she says, Entreat me not to leave you or return from following you. Wherever you go, I go. Wherever you stay, I stay. Your people will be my people. That's it. I mean, she. Boom. So, first and foremost, okay? And then, you know, there, there are really, there are four areas here that he talks about, all right? He talks about, first and foremost, to be with him. Then, he sends them, he says, then two is to what? To preach. That is the heart of God. That you. And that we connect with Him. And we fall in love so much with Him and this message that, like the, the writer said, he said, I, I tried to contain it, but it, it, you're, it was like it was burning inside of me. I had to release. He said, I wasn't going to talk anymore. But it burned inside of me, and I had to release it. The, listen, 
he wants us, our priority, okay, is to receive and to give. It's to receive and give. It's to, to get enough of God, okay, to where I have to, I am compelled to, to try to hand it out. Because if, we, if we're not at that point, right, if all we do is, is, is we receive, we receive, we receive, well, I've said it before, you know, this is good. We, we are to contend for the faith. You can contend and God bless you. You can go to the grave with a martyr. But if the book gets buried with you and you don't hand it off to the next generation, where's the church at? You got you got to contend, but then you got to compel others. I believe with all my heart that he, he said, "Listen, these and, and these first two things, okay, to be with him and to and teach, preach, okay. Those are of the four. Those are the two that, for the most part, I have. I I, I don't want to uh, to say." might be a little bit out of line, but those two items I have control over. Hello? Yes or no? How many of you agree with me? I have control over them. I have control over how much of my time that I invest into my relationship with God. I, nobody else controls that for me. Sure, we, we all have lives. We've got to work different things. But you understand is that, that I am the only one. I, I am the one that controls my destiny when it comes to my relationship with God. I am the CEO of my life. And if you're not, you better, you know, you better become that person because you are valuable enough to be that. But, but then, okay. But then, this, uh, if there was ever a time that we need to reignite what we actually have when it comes to our message, we, boy, I've got to believe there's a couple of people out there that are looking for something better than what's going on. Come on, yeah. I just got to believe. That. <clears throat> yep. There's got to be something. There's got to can't hate. I wonder how many Brother Coltons are out there today. I'd like to find about a hundred of them. You know what I mean? I'd like to find 50 of y'all. Oh, well, did you just come to God accidentally, Sister Denise? Or did somebody have a burden? And they came. They came looking for you. Why? Well, because they fell in love with God and they thought this thing was so great that they could not restrain themselves from trying to give it away. That's what it's got to be. Because, you know, in, in a true sense, okay, we are salesmen of the gospel, whether you accept that terminology or not, but you are. You are a salesman for the gospel. How many believe? But listen, those two things. And Brother Jeff has got this thing rolling. It, it, I, hope, I hope it inspires us. I hope it gets us going. I heard report uh, yesterday somebody taught a Bible study. All right. Yeah. 
That's it. We can't afford to lose our focus. Because pardon the expression, the world is going to some place where, you know. We can't lose our focus. We can't lose our focus. In fact, I had had one of our uh, one of our uh, men come up to me tonight and said, "Hey, I got something." And I have a Wednesday night. I said, "Well, what's, what, what is it?" He said, "I said, yeah, yeah you got it." And, and I, you know, I, I we we all can do a better job. How many of you can do a better job? How many can do better for God? Yeah. And listen, I am not by any means the greatest example in the world. Don't get me wrong. But one thing I can tell you is from the, I don't know how many months, six months or whatever it was, you know, uh, from the get-go and from the time Kathleen and I got married, we taught Bible studies in people's homes when I didn't even know how to teach Bible studies. When we were knuckleheads, didn't know nothing, but we did it. We took that chart and went into people's homes, cold turkey, sit down and taught them from what I didn't even know what I was talking about most of the time, probably. But you know what? In some cases, I persuaded them. Yes. And I can tell you, listen, it took me a long time. You know the story. It was 15 years before I ever preached. Come on. 15. You know what I was doing in those 15 years? I was teaching, <coughs> teaching Sunday school. I was teaching kids. I was teaching at the Juvenile Justice Center for how many years? Eight years? That's what teaching teach, 15, 15 years, Brother Ali, before I ever got behind a pulpit. I was already past the youth stage. And that's where you got your calling, right? You became a youth director. If you're a kid, that's where you got your calling. You became a youth director, and then pretty soon, if you were good enough, you they you know, you got your license. Not me. I was already too old. But I am convinced we all, we all can be teachers. And don't lose, don't lose sight, folks, families, kids, don't lose sight, okay? It is not the preacher, it is not the teacher's responsibility to make, ultimately, to teach the Word of God into your children's hearts. No, sir. That still falls on parents. And that still falls on the leader of the house. We still believe that there is a leader in that house. And that is the man. Amen. I mean, I'm a woman. That's how crazy it's gotten. I know. In the halls of, was it Congress? Yes. He prayed. At the end of the prayer, it was amen and a woman. We are so completely like psycho. That's the place they should want. 
I mean, who would ever thought that? It's like nutty professor out there. It is. Fred McMurray, you ever heard him? Okay. But now, listen. When my relationships, I have control over. My teaching, for the most part, I have control over. You got to learn. You got to build your skills. But uh, that's what I can do. Now, these, the last, these other two things, I want you to listen carefully. I absolutely believe in the power to heal. That's what he said. He says, I, 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 I want you to be with me. I want you to teach. He says, I'm going to give you power to heal. We believe that. But that is nothing... Okay, trust me. That's nothing that I can control. Alright? Now, don't get me wrong. I understand. I can build my faith. But that's God. If you think that I can pray for you and heal you, you got the wrong thought. That's God's doing. I can't heal people. But I can follow through with the teaching of the Bible and pray a word of faith and believe in the power of the name of Jesus and believe in the power of the blood. But we can't do that, right? And And the fourth one, right? Power over the devil. Or how's it? No, cast out devil. Okay. I, you know, I'm not big, all right, in trying to find the devil. I, I, you know, that's not me. I am big on relationship. I am big on love. Your neighbor as yourself. I am big on teaching and preaching. I am, am big on growing and, and becoming more than today what you were yesterday. But I'm not looking for devils. If one comes at me, I have complete confidence that when I pray, that God's going to come on the scene. But I'm not looking for them. Amen. And listen, I have known preachers that that's what they base their whole ministry on. It's trying to find... I've known them to find them in ties. And on, on neckties. Yeah. Not pain ties. Yeah. I I've been on the, the on with knickknacks. Knickknack patty white give the dog a bone. This old boy came rolling. Is that the way this old man came rolling home? That's a Yeah. Listen, folks, we gotta have our priorities correct, okay? Especially in this day and age. You can better believe that there is there is a there's a big big devil that's been that's been released. Amen. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's called evil. Right. Just scratch the D. It's called evil. Okay. You don't need to look for a person or an image. It's just evil. Yeah. But our priority, our priority, we're all we are all about. And it, let me let me finish on here. Okay, I believe that. But my effort, I want my effort to be in my relationship with God. And I want my, my effort to be in, in, in getting close enough to Him that I can teach 
and I can minister from the Word of God that is going to inspire and encourage and build people up to where they have a holy confidence and a very holy God that is going to transform your life and becoming something you never thought you could ever be. And why do I say that? Because I am a, I'm a living witness of the transforming power of the Holy Ghost and the Amen. Word of God in my life. I you say, well, you need to be a lot more transformed. I know I'm working on it. But I was a lot worse than I am today. Yeah. You know, Brother Jeff, he's always been the cool, calm, and collective guy. Right, cool, calm, and clay. I mean, I just got to, you know, fire away. <laughs> All right. In today's world, listen carefully. Here's a story I read from a book, and it's so fitting. It says, a young man beginning his work with the Coast Guard was called with his crew to try a desperate rescue in a great storm. He was frightened. The rain and the wind was pounding down on his face. And this young man cried out to his captain. He says, Captain, we'll never get back. The captain replied, we don't have to come back, but we must go out. That's what Jesus said, go. He said, go ye into. How big is your world? And do what? And baptize him. Teach them and baptize them. And then watch God fill them with the Holy Ghost. Because, trust me, I can't fill you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Any more than I can heal you. All right. But what I can do is I can baptize you, man. And we can lead you to repentance. That's what we do. That's what we're all about. That's our prior. That's your high calling. <clears throat> Courage is a quality of mind that enables people to encounter danger or difficulty firmly without fear or discouragement. Listen to Paul in 1 Corinthians. This was, this was the, you know, the guy, right? Listen to what he says. 1 Corinthians 2 and 3, Paul says... I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. Understand? Is it in the face of fear, courage comes on the scene? He was a man just like you and I. He says, hey, he says, I was with you. I was weak. He says, I was in fear. 
In fact, he said, in much trembling. But you know what? He went anyway. He went anyway. I get the shakes when I, you know, when I go trying to evangelize or when I try to teach a, a Bible study. I get the shakes. Hello? Knock, knock. Sister Kathleen, did I ever get the shakes? I went anyway. You know what? When I when I teach and what preach, when I preach and say, I still can't eat. But come on, I, I know some of you. You went in. Huh? Okay, got something. Did you feel great last night? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, you're supposed to say, no, not really. But you went anyway. Yeah, well, you had it easy. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's just a way. I, how many times have we went to a home and they canceled on us? Teach in Bible study and they never bothered to call? Oh, yeah. Okay. It happens. Because people, you know what? Look at yourself. Now, how do you do that, right? Look at, look at your neighbor and say, you know, people is weird. You're weird. We're all, we are all little on the, you know, when it comes right down to it. We all have our little, yeah, Devin, he says, yeah, I'm, no, he was pointing to his sister, wasn't he? <laughs> all right, now listen to this. Second Corinthians 7, 5, Paul says, when we arrived in Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Listen carefully. He said, there was fighting on the outside and fear on the inside. If there was ever a day that expresses that right now. But you know what? He went anyway. He went anyway. He went anyway. He went, where was it? Lystra or Iconia? They got mad. They took him outside to they took him outside and they stoned him and left him for dead. You know what he did? He got back up. He went back into that city and preached the next day. Now that is a little bit... You, can you imagine? Probably, unless, you know, God raised him up because they thought, I don't know if he still, if he walked in there like Frankenstein, you know, like the walking dead zombie or whatever and started preaching. I don't know if he was healed, but you know, when they stone you, it's not with your little pea shooters. Okay? You guys probably don't even know what those were. Back in the day, we'd buy these little straws and a, a sack of dried peas and we'd shoot each other. They probably outlawed those too, I guess. I don't know. Back in the day. All right, so listen carefully. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given us. What? 
But of boom. Let's stick with that word of power. What? What is he talking about? Power. I believe he's talking about the Holy Ghost. Yes. The Holy Ghost. Now, sometimes we forget. We see. We believe that the Holy Ghost is simply the invisible God that created the universe and embodied Jesus Christ and rose him from the dead. We believe that a little part of Him is inside of me. Now, if you really believe a part of that is, hello. You really believe a part of that is in you? Whoa. Now, that's some pretty good stuff there. I mean, a part of God in me gives me the shakes. Some of the multi. We need some of the multi. Brother Collins, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. You had to be in there. Yeah. You were not guarantee you. You were not gonna get up from that altar until he were done. You might have been done. But he wouldn't. All right. But in the Amplified Version, it says this, power and of love. 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 We're not going to kick people's doors in and arrest them. Okay? Well, yeah, keep the, keep the powder dry. <laughs> but no, really. If ever there was a time that good had an opportunity to overcome evil. It's today. A spirit of meekness, not getting trampled on, but a spirit spirit of meekness and kindness will always win over anger and bitterness and resentment. Because they can't. That's evil. Evil cannot confront good and win. It's an impossibility. That's like saying the devil can confront God and win. Can't. It's an impossibility. If ever there was a chance of we can we gotta somehow we gotta pray for we gotta pray for a baptism of love and that we can just cover people yes. with our love. Yes. We gotta be extra kind. Yes. We gotta be extra, extra. Add a little bit to it, okay? And the the Amplified says this, and of love, and what what's the the King James and a sound? You know what that means? Amplified reads like this: a calm and a well balanced mind with self discipline and self control. That's how Paul fought the battles that were waging on the outside and combating the fear that was on the inside. He didn't let it stop him. He battled through fear. He battled through that hostility that everywhere he went, he, he, they were... Trying to, 
He did not come about him with, you know, with, with force and, and no, no. He came about him with, he said, let me introduce you to the God that you are persecuting through me. Let me, let me, give me a few minutes. Let me introduce you to Jesus. That's the most we can do, folks. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm done. Let's stand. High call. Show that picture one more time. Can you, Brother Cliff? There you go, man. Boy, I would love to know how many. That's awesome. This one guy. See, that one guy, he's, he's watching TV or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's just too good. I wonder what they were making an hour, right? Not a lot. One dollar. Wonder what they were making an hour. Oh Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. I hope this has somehow encouraged you a little bit tonight. Don't don't listen. It too easy to get caught up in what's going on. Don't 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 worry about that. Pray about it, right? But yep. don't lose sight of your high call. Yes, I've got to read Philippians 1.14 again, or 3.14 again. But press, press on. Climb. Amen. Amen. Go after it. Amen. Go after it. Get all you can. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Brother Jacob, would you pray and dismiss us, please? Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to, to step into your house tonight. I pray that you bless us uh, throughout the rest of our week. Bless this country. Uh, give us some closure and some stability in this country. I pray that uh, you help us, guide us, speak to our hearts, and uh, allow us to continue to, to search after you and your love and your truth. I pray that you bless us on our way home tonight and uh, bless our footsteps on our way up to Sunday. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right. Remember, business meeting two weeks from tonight. Uh, Sunday, Brother Jeff Woods is on the calendar.